Welcome in. It's a Wednesday. It is after Christmas, after Boxing Day, and it's time now for a post-holiday supernatural news and parashare. I'm your host, the Cruiser, Timmy D, Tim Dennis, and we need a co-host, of course. We bring in the co-host with the most, the BCB, the Big Cuddly Bear himself, fresh off a win. Actually, he was an enemy in his own territory. The BCB, the Big Cuddly Bear himself, Beer City Bruiser. Bruiser, how you doing? I'm doing great, and I'll, I'll talk about it later in Ziggy's picks. We really weren't the enemy. You no, weren't? You'll be, you'll be surprised when we get there. Okay, all right. We'll talk about but it when I, we I'm, get I'm there. I'm excited to tell that story, and, and, and it was a fun, fun time, and I'm excited to see what you got for us today because post-holidays, we got to have some good stuff. There's some interesting stories today, Bruiser, i got to tell you. Uh, we... Uh, <laughs> There's a, a little overload of AI today. I'm not going to lie. AI was busy during the holidays. Evidently, they knew the humans were taking a break. So we, we do have a little bit of an overload of AI stories today. Oh, great. Um, great. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry, my friend. Uh Interesting alien stories as well today. We've got one Bigfoot story we'll weigh in with. And of course, we have we do have a Parashare story today. Oh, well, thank you to whoever listener sent that. Yeah, so uh, Marky Markway's in yet again. He he thinks it's a parashare story. So, and we <laughs> will be the judge of that. <laughs> that's right. And we do have a lingering candy story. It's okay because candy's good any time of the year. Of course, you probably get some candy in your stocking from the holiday. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about that as well. Uh, but it does have to do with pixie sticks. So obviously it's from Halloween. <laughs> so we'll, we'll deal with that as well. Uh, but first, let's jump into the alien news, if we if we will. A video shows a UFO hovering over Air Force One during President Biden's last L.A. visit. Okay, that's going to be interesting. I, I hope there's video or a picture of it. I Well, you know, the Daily Mail may have one. An unidentified flying object was reportedly spotted hovering over Air Force One during President Joe Biden's recent trip to Los Angeles. As a matter of fact, they do have a picture. I'll show you one here briefly, Bruiser. Uh, an unidentified flying object has reportedly been spotted hovering over Air Force One during President Joe Biden's recent trip to Los Angeles, according to the Daily Mail. Footage sent to the website shows a spherical white or silver object above the president's plane several times as it flew near Los Angeles International Airport, which multiple witnesses claimed to have seen it's worth noting that the plane shown in the photo shared by Daily Mail has a rear engine, unlike the 747 plane typically used by the president. Now, wait a minute. The UFO has a rear engine? Yeah, that uh, we haven't heard that before. Yeah. Uh, there's been no confirmation on what the object actually was, though many social media users compared it to the metallic orb UFOs previously spotted by Reaper drones in the Middle East which have been studied by the government's official UFO office. In January, the Office of the Director of National Intelligence revealed details behind more than 150 previously unexplained UFO sightings, among the 366 reported to the Pentagon since March 2021 in a report obtained by NBC News. Let me show you the, the actual photo here, Bruiser. Here's, here's what they captured in the sky. Okay. So that's... That's kind of alarming. It's that close to yeah, Air Force is. One, which is, and and it happened in L.A. So you know it's in the radar and all that. If they're not they're on approach to LAX, you know, I would assume the president's plane is probably the most watched plane out there. <laughs> well, that and here's the other thing I'm I'm concerned about: a lot of traffic, a lot of air traffic. 
A lot, yeah, especially yeah. the holiday season, LAX. Like Now, they are supposed to clear a certain amount of air traffic when the president comes in. You know, yeah, but the aliens don't care about that. Right, the aliens don't care about that. <laughs> and enemy countries don't care about that either. That's true, because it did have a rear engine, you said. It did have a rear engine. So there's a lot of questions, a lot of speculation when it comes to that. So, I want to see if this makes it to Congress. That's true. That's because true. now now we're hitting close to home. This is government now. We, You and I aren't political. That's right. This is now a political issue because it was right by Air Force One. That's right. You're exactly right at that. Uh, interesting story coming out that a new Bob Lazar documentary will digitally recreate secretive S4 facility. Hmm. The new film bruiser, which aims to travel back to 1988, where it all started, promises to immerse you in the story like never before. Interesting. Widely, widely attributed to or with popularizing the idea that the U.S. government has been reverse engineering UFOs, Bob Lazar made headlines in the late 80s when he revealed that he had worked with captured extraterrestrial technology during his time at S4, which is a secretive facility uh, situated near to Area 51. An alleged witness uh, to captured alien saucers, Lazar claimed to have intimate knowledge of what powered them, which was element 115, a well, or as well as the anti-gravity field technology that they used to travel through space. He also maintained that he had seen government briefing documents describing alien involvement in human affairs over thousands of years. Now a new documentary entitled Lazar, the Original Whistleblower, is set to lift the lid on Lazar's story by taking viewers back to the 1980s with detailed reconstructions of S4 and the saucers that he worked on. According to filmmakers, it will serve as a bridge between the worlds of the classified projects and open scientific inquiry and will even be accompanied by a virtual reality experience that will enable players to explore the secrets of S4 unravel extraterrestrial mysteries and navigate a thrilling journey through the eyes of Bob Lazar. Lazar, the original whistleblower, is scheduled to be released sometime next year. I think it's fantastic they're calling him the original the original whistleblower because he was. How how many years was he whistleblowing and nothing came about, you know? Well, not only he, that, but he's I mean, he's still making the rounds. I was gonna say he's still relevant today. Yeah. And, and, I mean, he's untouched. That's the thing that amazes me. Yeah. And he hasn't been doing it like the David guy where he just keeps going public with stuff. He's He just does his own thing like this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is, I mean, you know, he has his hands in this. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, what'll be interesting is, you know, he's going to make the media rounds with this deal. Uh -huh. And, and whether he has more to contribute or if it's kind of the same stuff, you know? It. I hope there's more new stuff because his stuff is so fun to listen to. Yeah. And I hope he, he collaborates with David. You know what I mean? Maybe they can do a collaboration, but I'm excited. This will be a good, good little movie. An alien mashup. That'd be kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. Who knew you could do an alien mashup, but I guess you can. Who knows? Well, the aliens that are cake are back in the news, Bruiser, and there's a oh, new skeptic great. out there. <laughs> oh, but this is good. This is a guy who thinks they're cake. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we go to Peru. Those E.T. mummies from Mexico now have a new skeptic bruiser. His name is Anthony Choi. He's a renowned Peruvian ufologist. He was a guest on the American Hoy television program. He was discussing the alleged extraterrestrial mummies presented recently before the Mexican Congress. The former radio host was very upset describing the alleged evidence of non-human cadavers found in Peru as a fraud 
that story, of course, course became known worldwide. Uh, the ufologist refuted all that was said in regards to mummies whose provenance is likely alleged or likely is allegedly the Nazca culture and a thousand years old. Moreover, Mexicans Universidad Autonoma, which is UNAM, refuted that the carbon-14 test performed on the specimens would be capable of establishing their origin as they can only ascertain their antiquity. This was the quote from uh, Anthony Choi. He said, I would like to denounce this story and shameful fraud that offends Peru and Peruvian institutions. I would like to make it clear that I have researched these subjects for 24 years, and throughout this time, non-human beings are among us, living among us. The UFO phenomena is completely real. However, what is being done in Mexico beggars belief because it is an insult to Peru and to archaeological heritage. This guy's taking it personally. Oh, he, he hates these guys. Uh, with over 20 years' experience, a researcher raised his voice and called upon the Ministry of Culture to become involved in the matter, saying that the figures shown abroad are mummies found in Nazca, modified to adopt an extraterrestrial appearance. He even went on to say, Bruce, are you ready for this? Yes. This is a matter for the police. I call upon the police. And Mincule, which is the Ministry of Culture, to go to the San Luis... Uh, Gonzaga University. They have a great basketball team, by the way. They do. They do. Uh, there they will find a body. The mummy called Maria it is a 1,000-year-old Nazca mummy. I hear she's very tender as well. Uh, these people have cut off the mummy's thumb and index finger and then made up its face to turn it into an alien. It is an outrage against our archaeological heritage. Why, why would they do that? That's stupid. <laughs> like, why would they take a mummy, you know what I mean, to hoax the world? I think because they they needed something uh, alien. Uh, I guess. I, I'm not buying it. <laughs> this guy's crazy. <laughs> At least it's not cake. Exactly. It's not cake, which yeah. you and I thought. Yeah, but it's close to cake. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, let's move on. We're going to one of our solar system's planets, which, according to this article, may totally disappear by 2025 for an eerie reason. Oh, I'm curious to see what the eerie reason is. I like eerie reasons. That's right. The changing tilt of Saturn means that we're going to lose sight of the planet's most recognizable feature. But experts say it's only temporary, at least for now. From our perspective here on Earth, the rings of Saturn are going to disappear in about 18 months. That according to scientists, but only from our view and not entirely or forever. We will stop being able to see them because of the way the planet will tilt, meaning they will be directly in our line of sight. Okay. Okay. Uh, this will make it look as though they've gone, even though they were huge, extending about 140,000 kilometers in parts and covering an area equivalent to 30 of our own planet. The rings may cover a massive area, but they are also very thin, with some parts as little as 100 meters thick. And given that they, that rather we are 1.2 billion kilometers away from them, they simply won't be visible. Okay. Yeah, so we won't be able to see them for a while. They'll be there, but we won't be able to see them. Right. They'll be there, right. but they'll pull a magic act. 
<laughs> it's like a giant game of hide-and-seek. That's right. Peekaboo. It's peekaboo. It's peekaboo. According to Indy 100, scientists say that the planet's angle of tilt in relation to the Earth, which was 9 degrees in August, will go to zero on March 23rd of 2025. This occurs around every 15 years, with the last incident in September of 2009. The reason it happens is because the Earth is moving across the rings. The next previous occurrence was in February of 1996. So this actually happened one other time in our lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. So So this is a normal occurrence. Yeah, it does. Every 15 years. Gotcha. It does happen. So it's not unusual. So we play hide and seek every 15 years. Yes, with Saturn's rings. (laughs) (laughs) We can't count the rings on Saturn's tree because we're hiding. Exactly. Yeah. So there you go. Come see, come saw. That's the only French I really know, even though it's in my background. (laughs) There you go. Uh, One more story before we head to break here on the alien side of things, and it's uh, having to do with Christmas. Did you see any aliens over Christmas by chance? No, no, I didn't. Hmm? No, but like, again, I live by an airport, so the sky is always full of lights and Why not? And it was extra busy this time of year. Oh, I bet. Well, with everybody flying around this Christmas, yeah. 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 You can actually go out in my front yard when when I take Ziggy out. You can see the line of them waiting to land. So, Uh, Do you ever uh, point up in the sky at random lights and tell kids it's Santa Claus? And they should get to bed? (laughs) I should start doing that. (laughs) All my kids are old enough now, so. My dad used to do that to us. So we, really? Yeah, so we go to bed. We'd be on the way home. This is this is what reminded me. And I'll real quick. Uh, so we would be home. I, I, this reminded me. I was watching Midnight Mass, and I, okay. I I thought to myself, you know, I really should stop being a heathen and go to Midnight Mass on Christmas. Uh-huh. And I'm looking up in the sky, and I went, you know, I remember when my dad used to point out random airplanes and go, "There's Santa." And uh, it would be the one red light. And he'd say that would be Rudolph and we need to get home because Santa's on his way. Okay. So there you go. Whenever we questioned my dad, he'd come up with some way. Like there's one time like, well, Santa's always landing on a roof. How come there's never footprints? Then one year, guess what? Reindeer footprints on the roof. <gasps> really? Don't know how. Don't know how. Can't explain it. Wow. See? See? So our dads, our dads knew what they were doing. Yeah. See, they came up with ways. That's for sure. Well, you may see more UFOs and aliens around Christmas for a very, very bizarre reason, Bruiser. And that's this. Christmas may be the most wonderful time of the year for some, but for others, it's a time when alien life shows up. At least that's what's reported. December sightings of what they say are UFOs seem more common than they do any other time of the year, and there may be a good reason for it. The good reason is this. With fireworks and light spectacles flagged up more often than not, according to UFO Reporting Center Technical Director Christian Stepien, uh, twice a year the company sees a slight uptick in potential sightings, and the holiday season certainly heralds its fair share of alleged alien encounters. I don't know that it might fireworks as being a a ufo i don't either it's so quick Uh, yeah speaking to the daily beast at the time ron james of mufon uh said we do have a slight uptick twice a year in the summer and around the holidays there's a few reasons why people might be paying more attention they might be off work they're doing family activities and things they don't normally do so there's more possibilities for people to encounter things then of course 
there's always Santa Claus and the reindeer. If there's an uptick, I can understand that because there's a lot of people out during Christmas time shopping and doing things that might be looking up in the air so I can understand if that's it. Further research from Ufology reported a significant increase on Christmas Day with 75 reported cases over 2021 alone. Chris Rutkowski of Ufology said most were simply lights in the sky and yes, some were a single red light flying overhead followed by a string of others, an airplane. <laughs> you think? Yep. Historic sightings around the holiday period have been reported as early as Christmas of 1965. That airplane, I'm telling you, Bruiser, it was that airplane. Wally Shira Jr., who was aboard the Gemini 6 spacecraft orbiting Earth, claims to have seen an object heading from north to south, entering and re-entering the atmosphere. He wrote at the time, we have an object, looks like a satellite going from north to south, probably in polar orbit. Looks like he might be going to re-enter soon. You just might let me pick up that thing, he went on to say. Fellow aviation expert Thomas Stafford said, I see a command module and eight smaller modules in front. The pilot of the command module is wearing a red suit. <laughs> he was trying to claim it was Santa Claus. I gotcha. Yeah. Wally and Thomas's time on the spacecraft and alleged extraterrestrial sighting caused chaos in the control room, but the duo soon revealed their ruse as aviator Wally began playing jingle bells on his harmonica. Mr. Stafford said that Wally came up with the idea. He could play the harmonica, and we practiced two or three times before we took off. But, of course, we didn't tell the guys on the ground. In the case of practical and actual sightings of UFOs during the festive season, Ron James added, my feeling is that there's not that there's an actual increase in phenomenon occurring. It's more that there's more people in a position to see and experience things that might already be there pretty much constantly. Yeah. So there you go. I like how they said that there's more people looking up during the holidays, and that's why there's more sightings. Yes. Yeah. Because people don't expect people to be flying on no. the holidays. So they're like, oh, that plane can't be a plane. Well, who'd be flying? Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody who's, uh, you know, trying to trying to get anywhere for the holidays, for that matter. Uh, real quick before we go to break, Bruiser, uh, did you have a favorite holiday gift that you got by James? Uh, just going to the Packer game was a lot of fun. What about you? What did you get? I got this thing right here. Um, people can't see it, of course, because it's an audio podcast. But uh, we do this thing where we, um, we uh, people call it a white elephant deal. We'd call it the dice game, you know, where you have like a cheaper gift and then a more expensive gift. It's yes. not really an expensive gift at all. It's like a 5 or a $20 gift, right? Right, yeah. You always have a, a budget. Yeah, there's a budget for it. So, uh, so this is the thing I rolled for. I showed Bruiser on the, uh, you know, we're on the old Skype here. Um, I know we're we're behind in technology here on the show, um, but uh, I, I lit it up. I hit the button here. I see that. Look at that. Huh? That's pretty cool. So, um, so my sister went to Target and she bought this. Uh, see, I'm clicking the button here on for you. <laughs> I even got audio effects. Um, so. I roll the dice, I get doubles, I go and I switch out for this thing, right? Okay. I, I had originally in front of me, I had a, ha a hat and scarf set. That wasn't going to do for me because, you know, I don't wear scarves and, and, you know, I put hoods up. I don't necessarily wear hats. So right. I go and I grab this thing and to describe to our audience what it is, it's not quite a glove. It only covers your your trigger finger and your thumb. Right. And if you put your hand together and make a little little finger bang gun, bang, bang. <laughs> it only fits over your wrist and your forefinger and your thumb. It's literally, it's like a, it's like a gun glove. Yep. Except for it has lights on your thumb and your forefinger. 
And I'm assuming it's for working on engines and stuff, Yes, right? that's exactly yeah. what it's for. It's for doing stuff outside, like working on engines, or if you got to take stuff outside or work outside in the dark. Yeah. Right? But for me, I think I'm thinking of other other things for it. Like, you know, I don't know, like, like of course, I'm thinking wrestling gimmicks like you are. So I thought, like, <laughs> like this would be a good gimmick for, like, Jeff Hardy, you know, when he's doing that little thing where he's doing the dance and he's doing the finger if wave. If it was the 90s, you'd be a raveaholic. I would be, right? I'm Pop some ecstasy? Yeah. yeah. Pop some E and I'd be dancing around with my little <laughs> finger banger glove on, right? So I called. I just love the name Five Dollar Finger Banger. Yes, that's I, gonna be a wrestling move for me now on. Yeah, I called it the Five Dollar Finger Banger to uh, to Bruiser. So now he's got the Five Dollar Finger Banger for the ring. <laughs> um, I probably will send you these so you can use these in the ring. The Five Dollar Finger Banger, because <laughs> I also have a, a a stocking cap with a light on it, so that when I go to KNSI, I can see in the elevator. Oh, okay. Because the the I have to turn a key to turn on the elevator when I go in in KNSI because the elevator's off all the time. Okay. Oh, because so, you're so early. Yeah. So I have a new, I have a new gimmick for you for the ring. Just light man. <laughs> no light wave. Light wave. Okay. Right. So I'll send you these gloves, these little five dollar finger bangers, and the stocking cap with the with the rave light on the top. It's got three settings. Okay. Uh, bright, brighter, and brightest because it's an LED light, <laughs> and you can blind the hell out of your opponent. I'll just, I'll have him turn all the lights off for my entrance and right. here I come out. Right. And you can do like the little Jeff Hardy double finger banger wave <laughs> over your head and come well, out what dancing. What was the old opera where they rode, they rode roller skates and they used lights? Do you remember that? The uh, old play musical? I don't know, wow. but I remember, I remember Dazzler from X-Men and that's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> it's just you coming no, out. I forget what it is. Maybe one of the listeners will tell us, but I could use that soundtrack as my entrance music. Oh, oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Because it's a 70s disco theme. And it was with lights and roller skates. Are you thinking of Jesus Christ Superstar? No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't remember. So a listener will email you. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm sure, yeah. Tim at darknessradio.com. By the way, we've got uh, we've got Parashare coming up a little bit later in the program. And we'll... <laughs> But yeah, Tim at darknessradio.com, if you remember what the what the opera is. That, that, yeah, it's uh, like Starlight something. I forget. Starlight. It'll come to me when we're off the air, too. Okay, yeah, sure. All right. But uh, yeah, so <laughs> Bruiser will have a new gimmick with these $5 finger bangers that light up on your finger. Um, yeah, I've had a few $5 finger bangers in my time. So. Hey, no, I'll give you one of these. There you hey. Go. Uh, yeah, so there you go. That's that's it. So that was my uh, that was my big Christmas gift that I got. I love it. Yeah, you can get these at Target, I guess, in the five dollar bin. So yeah, just walk up and ask the, the guest services. Hey, where are the five dollar finger bangers? <laughs> and if a lady comes walking out from the back room, go. No, no, sorry, no, no, my bad. No, no, they'll probably uh, kick you out of Target. You probably end up on dumb crime, stupid criminals. So, probably. Yeah. So that'll be fun. We we'll look forward to talking about you. That's right. <laughs> uh, coming up in the second half of the program, AI, AI, AIO. There's a, there's quite a few AI stories after the break. Uh, we've got uh, we've got uh, Perisher, like we said. Uh, we're checking in with Sasquatch. We're gonna do that, and of course, you know what, Bruiser, we didn't do predictions for 2023. Do you got a no, couple? I can come up with some. I got All right, them. we'll come up with. I tell you what, we'll come up with five. Okay. All right, we'll come up with five after the break because we have a uh, Baba Vanga or Baba Vanga has uh, predictions that came true in 2023. We'll come up with some for 2024.
Perfect. How does that sound? We'll do that after the break. You're listening to Supernatural News and Parish Share. It's a Supernatural News Wednesday with the Cruiser and the Bruiser right here on the best in paranormal podcasting. This is Darkness Radio. Welcome back to the best in paranormal podcasting. This is Darkness Radio. I'm your host. I'm the cruiser at the cruiser right over there, taking you home on a Wednesday. We got Boston, we got Byron Hitler, it's a post holiday cruiser, taking you home. That's Bring like in a, the good new year with us. Bring in the good new year with you. Bringing home the. Yeah. That, yeah. Sorry. This is this is where it gets scary. I'm sorry. I, I, Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, nightmare fuel. There you go. I can't uh, I can't make this part any less scary for you. I'm sorry, Bruiser. That's because the AI was like, "Hey, look, the humans are taking a break. Let's let's ramp up." Yeah, this is. Uh, I think they were waiting in the weeds for us. Why? We yeah, yeah. This is making up for the the weeks where they had one story. Yeah, yeah, that, that was it. Well, they knew the, the, you know, holidays are coming. Humans will be celebrating too much eggnog, and this is where we take over the world. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the next generation of Tesla's humanoid robot has made its debut. Of course. By the way, Tesla heavy in the news this week. I don't know what that's all about, but... It's Elon. <laughs> it is Elon. It's time for us to get it. It's time for him to get his revenge for X. Yeah. Yeah, not making any money with that deal. Uh, by the way, I had one listener who was very upset at us being... Uh, we're not anti-Elon, by the way. No, we're not. We're not. No. We use Twitter. We're but, both on Twitter. Yeah, but um, this listener seems to think we are. No, we're not against him. He's just a robot. Yeah, he is a robot. Huh. I don't know if they figured that out yet or not. Uh, Tesla unveils its most advanced and realistic robot yet. I don't know. I'm going to show you a picture, Brizzard. Do you think that thing looks like a real human? Actually, yeah, it does. A little bit. It looks like what they catch uh, motion capture with for video games. Yeah. Tesla, the company known for its electric cars, solar panels, and batteries, has also been working hard on developing humanoid robots that could perform various tasks and interact with humans. The company has recently unveiled its latest version of its robot called Optimus Gen 2. Oh, it sounds like a Transformer. I love that he's stealing from the Transformers. He's going to get sued for that. Yeah, he is. Uh, which is lighter, faster, smoother, which sounds like a BM, and more capable than its predecessor. Optimus Gen 2 is the second generation of Tesla's humanoid robot. It's designed to be a general purpose machine that can assist humans in various domains, such as manufacturing, construction, healthcare, and entertainment. What's it going to dance for me and do, uh, <laughs> do musical numbers? It's going to sing and dance. I guess. The robot, by the way, stands at 5 feet 11 inches tall, so you can look it in the eye, I guess, when it kills you. I don't know. Uh, weighs 121 pounds, Bruiser. That's it, huh? Yeah, that's it. You'd think it weighs so much more. You would think. Uh, it's 22 pounds lighter than the previous version, in case you <laughs> want to wrestle. Well, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. They cut out the unnecessary fat. I guess. It, uh, it can also uh, run at a speed of five miles an hour, which is 30% faster than before. <laughs> five miles an hour, that's it. Can run faster than me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Runs faster than me, too. 
it has a, I don't even run anymore, so there you go. It has 35 degrees of freedom, which is 35 degrees more than we'll have at the end of the apocalypse, uh, which means it can move its joints in various directions and angles. It has a more human-like appearance and movement thanks to its new hands, feet, neck, and body. Yeah. So scary. Creepy. The robot's hands have 11 degrees of freedom and are equipped with tactile sensors and faster actuators, which allow it to manipulate objects with more precision and dexterity, like when it needs to break your neck. Exactly. So look, it's it's got dexterity. It can break your hand with both hands. By the way, in case you need to know, the robot's feet have a more natural shape and have more force and torque sensors and articulated toes, so it can break your neck like a monkey. Yeah, it can step on your head. Yeah. That enables it to balance better as well and walk more smoothly. And again, break your neck like a monkey. Mm-hmm. The robot's neck is unbreakable. It has two degrees of freedom. I, I hate that they call it two degrees of freedom. I do too. Which is more freedom than my neck ever had after it was broken. I was going to say, I don't even think I have two degrees of freedom right now. <laughs> yeah. And can tilt and rotate its head, which gives it more expressiveness and flexibility. So it can do that. Tilt the head thing when it goes to kill you. Yep, the Michael Myers. Exactly. Yeah, I can do the Michael Myers thing when it goes to kill you. The robot's body is integrated electronics and wiring, which makes it more streamlined and robust. It also has a new white color scheme, so it can flex its superiority to you. <laughs> so there you go. That's Tesla's new humanoid robot. They're going to load up the AI and make it racist. That's right. It's already racist. <laughs> it's already a white guy. <laughs> but, you know, they want to really show you it's racist, so they yeah. they give you the white side of it, so to speak. Speaking of a white side of Tesla, my Tesla left me stranded on Christmas Eve, according to this person. <laughs> of course it did. And it never held a charge in the cold. That sounds like a white Tesla. I was going to say, that's a Tesla. That's a Tesla for you. A Tesla driver shared a video of his car battery charge remaining stubbornly constant for two hours despite being plugged in. Dominic Nady, or Natty, uh, shared a short clip of his Tesla S stranded in the cold with just 19 miles left on the battery. Despite being hooked into a charging station, the charge remained the same. That's a good Led <laughs> Zeppelin album, I believe. Yeah, the charge remains the same. Yep. It's yeah. a great song by NSYNC. It is, yeah. Throughout his TikTok video, the same frustrating warning message appears on the Tesla display screen reading, battery is heating, keep charge cable inserted. <laughs> That's what she said. Dominic said in the clip, it's 19 degrees outside. I have 19 miles before the battery's dead. <laughs> he said, yesterday I tried this and it said to wait for the battery to warm up. I've had the car running with the... Uh, climate control I tried to charge it at my house it won't let me so there's no way to charge this battery or let it warm up in the cold so I'm going to try this and I'm going to show you <laughs> it just seems like it's worthless the, yep. vid the video then cuts to Dominic using a Tesla charging station to try and charge up his electric vehicle this is the message I get he continues battery is heating keep charge cable inserted okay it's 1.11. The video then cuts to 2.11, exactly one hour later, the same battery heating message displayed and with the charge still at 19 miles. 
by the way, the video then cuts to 3.03 p.m. Bruiser uh, almost two hours later when the situation is still unchanged. He then delivers the kicker, adding, and it's Christmas Eve. Oh, that's a kick in the dick. <laughs> yeah, it is. TikTok users reveled in slamming Elon Musk's electric supercars. Turn the car over. It will have a reset button. You need a pin to push. Hold it for five <laughs> seconds, joked one user. <laughs> Another simply wrote, have you tried not owning a Tesla? A third said, what a surprise. We haven't been struggling with regular starter batteries in winter for the past several decades. <laughs> so there you go. Here's a pencil, stick it in the wheel, and just keep turning until the tape comes back. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Meanwhile, there we go. The FTC has banned Rite Aid's use of AI facial recognition over lack of consumer protections. Really? Okay, I heard this was a big debate. Yeah. The Federal Trade Commission on Tuesday banned Rite Aid from using facial recognition powered by AI or artificial intelligence for surveillance purposes for five years, Bruiser. Wow. Yeah. Following charges, the retailer's use of AI lacked appropriate safeguards and falsely tagged customers as shoplifters. Whoops. <laughs> Again, racist AI. Yep. In a complaint failed in federal court, the FTC argued that Rite Aid used AI-based facial recognition tools to identify customers who may have engaged in shoplifting or other problematic behavior. <laughs> Whoopsie. The agency said that Rite Aid failed to put in place safeguards to protect employees who were falsely accused of wrongdoing because of facial recognition technology mistakenly flagged them as matching someone previously identified as a shoplifter or other troublemaker. <laughs> Jeez. The FTC uh, said that facial recognition system generate th generated thousands of false positive matches. That's not just one or two, folks. No. That's thousands. Yeah. Thousands of false positive matches. And that it sometimes matched customers with people who had originally been enrolled in the database based on activity thousands of miles away or flagged <laughs> the same person at dozens of different stores all across the country. So they weren't even in some of these stores and they're getting flagged. You got it. It added that Rite Aid's technology was also more likely to generate false positives at stores located in plurality black and Asian communities, used low-quality images that made false positives more likely, and failed bo to both adequately train employees on the technology and regularly monitor its accuracy. So, you know, that AI is good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's getting you in trouble four states away. That's right. Yeah, it's... Because stuff. you just happen to walk into a different CBS. Uh, right aid. No, no, don't go right aid. Right side. Right aid. No, no, no. Right aid. Yeah, yeah. Right aid. Don't get us in trouble with CBS. No, no, no. <laughs> no, it's right aid. Right aid. Right, right aid. aid. Right aid. Anyways, AI bad. <laughs> AI bad. Uh, right aid. Not able to use AI for five years. And meanwhile, I know I'm ripping off Stephen Colbert right now. <laughs> when will you die, Bruiser? Well, you can now meet the new Doom Calculator, an artificial intelligence algorithm. Okay, AI I, is now going to tell you when you die. 
Yeah, I knew this was in development. We had a story where this was in development, so. Well, now it's here. Uh, <laughs> the latest advance in artificial intelligence algorithm dubbed the Doom Calculator by the UK's Daily Mail predicted whether people would die within four years is in more than is right in more than 75% of the cases. Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) That's not not odds we want. No. Details about the project conducted by researchers in Denmark and the U.S. were published this week in the Nature's, or rather, Nature Computational Science Online Journal. They created an AI machine learning transformer model somewhat akin to chat GPT, although people can't interact with it as they do with chat GPT. The model called Life2Vec, V-E-C, crunch data, age, health, education, jobs, income, and other life events on more than 6 million people from Denmark. (laughs) Good, kill them first. (laughs) Uh, Supplied by the country's government, which collaborated on the research. The model was taught to assimilate information about people's lives and sentences, such as in September of 2012, Francisco received 20,000 Danish kroner as a guard at a castle in Elsinore. Uh, or during her third year at secondary boarding school, Hermione followed five elective classes, the researchers wrote in the research paper. As Life2Vec evolved, it became capable of building individual human life trajectories, they wrote. The whole story of a human life, in a way, can also be thought of as a giant long sentence of the many things that can happen to a person, the paper's author. I believe it's Suni Lehman, a professor of networks and complexity science at the Technical University of Denmark, said in Northeastern Global News. Lehman was previously a postdoctoral fellow at Northeastern. Uh, is also a professor of computer science at the University in Boston. Eventually, the AI construct will be able to cr- correctly predict those who had died by 2020 at 78% of the time, according to the researchers. None of the study participants were told their death predictions, by the way. Lehman went on to say that would be very irresponsible. Well, yeah, <laughs> you're going to die on this day. <laughs> Thank God they weren't told. I know that would ter- well, that would terrify me. I don't know about you. I don't know that I want to know. You know, we've talked about wanna... it before on the show. Tony Fly here in the Twin Cities had a he had a segment on his show with Gary Spivey, who was a psychic. Yeah. Called Do You Wanna Know When You Die or How You Die? How You Die, yeah. Terrifying segment. Don't want any of that. Some factors associated with earlier deaths were having a mental health diagnosis, being male, or having a skilled profession. Having a leadership role at work and a higher income were associated with longer lifespans, believe it or not. The program would predict personalities and decisions to make international moves. This model can predict almost anything, Lehman went on to tell The Post. Yeah, I wouldn't want to know at all. Keep that to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, Would that I, change the way you live your life? I, yes, most definitely. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it would change trajectories most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. I, I No. Yep. I'm, <laughs> I'm changing right now. Speaking of changing right now, we're on the verge of 2024, of course, this coming weekend, uh, New Year's Eve. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do you make resolutions? Um, yeah, I have every year. We, we make a list. 
as, co- as a couple what we want. Now, are it's, the more goal, it's more goals than say, resolutions. Yeah, are they goals or resolutions? Yeah, it's it's goals. Because I, I think I told you off air, um, Triple H had said something good, where a dream is something you can never get because it's a dream, where a goal, a goal is something you can work towards and achieve. Which is a great a great statement. It's a great yeah. quote. It's a great thing to live by. Yeah. So we do goals, not yeah. resolutions, which are they're yeah. essentially the same thing. But well, no, you know, resolutions I think are more pie in the sky because you, yeah. you can say, you know, my resolution for this year is I want to lose forty pounds. Well, forty pounds is a huge amount of weight. Yeah, people don't understand what goes into that. Yeah, but to say I'm going to lose ten pounds this year, well, that's that's a goal. Yeah, we have, we have goals that we put out. And we'll, in fact, we're probably going to do that next week because uh, we're usually doing it around New Year's Eve. We sit down, we'll come up with 10 goals as a couple we want and five goals individual. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, there's a psychic that's out there that's not Nostradamus that <laughs> has actually hit some pretty decent predictions on the head and has been pretty... one that's been alive in the last 100 years. Yes. Uh, Baba Vanga or Baba Vanga has a record of predictions out there that have been somewhat accurate. Baba Vanga is known as the Nostradamus of the Balkans, is believed to have strong visions and is said to have gained her powers after she lost her sight during a deadly storm. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So That's definitely an origin story. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it is, isn't it? Almost (laughs) comic book-like. The late Bulgarian mystic Vanga Vangalia Pandeva Gusterova, otherwise known as Baba Vanga, has had many predictions attributed to her. Some of those include Indira Gandhi's assassination in 1984 to the election of an African-American as the 44th president of the United States. Loyal disciples of the clairvoyant have taken it upon themselves to convey her prophecies as there is no written record of them. However, some of her supposed divinations about 2023 seem to have come eerily true. Others, not not so much. Uh, Baba is also known as the Nostradamus of the Balkans and is believed to have had strong visions that 85% are believed to be correct. Wow. Yeah. The clairvoyant is said to have gained her powers after she lost her her sight again during a deadly storm when she was a child. It was reported that she was swept off of her homeland in Bulgaria, which caused her to get too much sand in her eyes. I've had that happen at the beach, but it never gave me any clairvoyant powers. I'll tell you that much right now. (laughs) I wish it would. Here's what Baba Vanga got wrong. Just what did she get? Okay. Baba is said to have predicted the emergence of so-called designer babies grown in laboratories with parents being able to select and reject their physical traits. Okay. Okay. Uh, in December of 2022, biotechnologist Hashim Al-Galil, or Galili, rather, released an eight-minute-long video that presented a laboratory purportedly able to incubate up to 30,000 lab-grown babies per year. The project dubbed Ectolife does not yet exist, but those troubled by genetic engineering or indeed eugenics have reason to be concerned by the facility's as of yet hypothetical elite package offering, which allows prospective parents to edit any trait of their baby through a wide range of over 300 genes. Baba's prediction then is worryingly plausible, but not yet quite correct. Yeah, I, I don't like playing with genetics. Leave it alone. Yeah, true. 
Uh, she also predicted a devastating nuclear disaster. Bob is also said to have predicted a major nuclear power plant explosion in 2023 that would see toxic clouds settle over Asia. Thankfully, that hasn't happened. Uh, yet you could say it, it was supposed to be a disaster akin to Chernobyl in 1986. Coincidentally, Baba's followers credit her for foreseeing Chernobyl, though. Okay, well, Chernobyl is different than this because Chernobyl happened. This hasn't happened. Right, exactly. So you can say, oh, yeah, she got that right. Well, that's fine. She got this wrong. Right. Here's what Baba Vanga got right. A calamitous solar storm. Baba is said to have believed that a solar storm would rock the Earth. Solar storms occur when disturbances on the sun emit solar flares and large clouds of highly magnetized plasma interfering with the Earth's or end up interfering with the Earth's own uh, magnetic field. And on December 1st, U.S. forecasters warned that a massive solar storm was due to hit Earth, causing radio, Internet and GPS fluctuations. So she did get that one right. That's as far as the article goes. So she's one for three. One for four. Yeah, one for four, one for three. So she's batting 25%. Our own pups bet better than that. I was going to say, she's not psychic then. That's not 70%. That's right. That's not 70%. Evidently, she's quoted for other things, and supposedly she's at 85%. But I don't know. They They don't quote any more than that for the article. So with that bruiser, I've got pen in hand. I'm going mm-hmm. to grab paper here, uh, if I can find my paper. here. Oh, here it is. Here's my pad of paper. I'm going to write down five predictions from each of us for 2024, and we are going to see whether they come correct in 2025. Okay. I know this is kind of spur of the moment, but you go ahead. I will write down yours, and then I will, I will write down mine. So My number one is I think humankind will go back to the moon. In 2024. Humans. I'm not saying which country. I'm just saying humankind. Whether it be Elon Musk, whether it be NASA, whether it be the Russians, Chinese, whatever. Okay. We will have a human on the moon in 2024. Okay. Wow. In 2024 already, huh? Yep. I think we'll have a human on the moon. Do Don't know what it is, but I think a human will be on the moon. Okay. All right. What's your second one? Uh, number two, I think this will be the most controversial presidential election really yep i think a lot of controversy will come to it i think a lot of arguing is going to come out of it and it'll be a giant i don't want to say civil war but a giant us versus them mentality until a couple years into the present but i think this election starts that okay okay which is the third one uh i think oh this is a good one um the third one, I think um, the war in Ukraine and the war with Israel and Hamas all die down. And the both sides go back to peace. And I think the Hamas war dies down before the Ukraine war. Okay, Hamas before Ukraine. Okay, number four. Uh, number four, I think um, the 2024 Super Bowl will be the most watched Super Bowl of all time. 2024 most watched Super Bowl. Okay. And number five? And number five, I think there's a breakout artist out there that's going to release a song that unifies our country again instead of separating it. 
Don't know who the artist is. Don't know what the song is. Don't know the genre. But I think it's going to be one of those, like a jelly roll moment where a song just comes on and everyone feels the same thing. And it doesn't split us like those other songs that came out. Okay. All right. So those are the five that Bruiser has, has uh, five predictions that Bruiser's made for 2024. Let's see. What am I going to pick here? Let's see. What am I going to do for predictions? I like your election deal, but I'm going to go one step further with it. For 2024, are you ready for this? Oh, yeah. People are going to hate me for this prediction. <laughs> but I really do feel in my heart of hearts, and this doesn't, this does not, now, folks, I want you to, I want you to realize this does not have anything to do with the way I vote. This has nothing to do with political bias. This is just the way I see the landscape. All right. I think that based on the Colorado decision, other states are going to now try to move to uh, get former President Trump off their ballots. Okay. The Supreme Court is going to step in and overturn every single one of those uh, states and their rulings. Okay. With that being said, President Trump will be allowed to run in the election. But somewhere in there, someone will try to file and make the 2024 election invalid, which okay. will ca cause a huge uprise. And we will have the most controversial election in the history of the country. I don't know how it'll be solved, right. but it'll be solved through, uh, it'll be solved through a controversial means. Okay. Okay. So, uh, I don't know how to put that down on paper though. So, so, uh, uh, Supreme court overturns. Okay. Second one will be, um, there will be a major pop star that will come out with a scandal. And this is a scandal above all other scandals that has to do with not only sexual abuse, but Satan worship. Oh, okay. And okay. will reignite the satanic panic. Okay. Okay. So that's the second one. Third one is... There will be an astronomical event this year having to do with a meteor hitting the Earth that will cause minimal damage, but it will be enough to shake people's confidence in this so-called, you know, system where they shoot a rocket into space and knock meteors off. Yeah. Okay. So something will hit Earth in 2024. Okay. Okay. So meteor hitting Earth, and uh, it will shake people's confidence in the rocket system that we've been talking about. Okay. So it'll do minimal damage. Minimal damage. Fourth. We'll find out that China 
has operatives within our United States government. And I'm talking, okay. I'm talking within Congress. You're talking like spies? Yes. Okay. And I'm talking, uh, I'm talking within, I'm talking within the Senate representatives all the way down to maybe even your local level. Okay. I'm talking. You think they're infiltrating the whole the whole system? Yep. I think that you'll find out in 2024 that it's not just scientists they've gone after. I think you'll find out that China has begun to infiltrate American government. So they've been training young politicians, and now they're introducing them. Yep. Gotcha. And they're they're finding that it's not just the economic system that they can get a hold of or the scientific system that they can get a hold of when it comes to banking. Now that they can, now they can introduce young politicians and they can sway young politicians over to their side. Okay. And I know some of our audience is going to say, Oh, well, they've been doing it all along. It's coming. Blah, 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 blah. No, I, these are actually, think it becomes public. Yes. Yep. I think it's public. It comes out that there are actual paid trained Chinese operatives that are that are working within government. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. Actual paid trade or paid uh, Chinese operatives. Um, and the fifth one. Hmm. I think the fifth one, and this is going to be a little out there, but the fifth one has to do with Egypt. Okay. And I think we finally discover that there is time travel capability having to do with the pyramids in Egypt. Something like a Stargate situation. Yeah, but they, they finally discover that these Stargates are operable and they figure out how to operate these Stargates and use them for time travel. So star, okay. Stargates and time travel in 2024 and the pyramids in Egypt. All right. So those are my five. Uh, perfect. All right. Those are my five predictions for 2024. I know they're out there. So everybody's like, oh, wait, <laughs> Tim, those are never going to come true. But let's move on. Let's talk about Chupacabra. You want to? Yeah, yeah, of course. Why wouldn't we talk about Chupacabra? Uh, there's a story here about strange creatures found around, I believe it's Cuero, Texas, and questioning whether it's the legendary Chupacabra. Of uh, the Texas legends and stories passed down through the generations, the story of the chupacabra is a relatively new one. But what is a chupacabra? It asks. Well, of course, we know the literal transition or translation rather is goat sucker. That, according to Aiden Castanellos, who's the host of the podcast Susto Susto. That's an interesting name, Susto. It's a very interesting name. Yeah, or Susto. It's this creature that is said to suck the blood of farm animals, and some may go as far as to say that it will attack humans as well. The story of the mutilated and blood-drained livestock started in Puerto Rico and migrated along with settlers to Mexico, Texas, and beyond. Sightings of the chupacabra in the state have mainly been within the last century and recently as 2022 in Amarillo, Texas. There is one place in Texas known as the Chupacabra capital of the world, which is Cuero, Texas, in DeWitt County. It's a town just south of Lockhart and east of San Antonio. Mayor Sarah Post Meyer says Cuero's old nickname 
has been replaced by others. DeWitt County was designated wildflower capital of Texas by the Texas legislature because there are close to 3,000 different species of wildflowers, according to Post Meyer. But behind the picturesque ranch lands, there are curious creatures roaming. Just ask rancher Phyllis Kenean, who says she has one stuffed and displayed in her living room. Really? Okay, so she could break this whole case wide open. I guess. I'll show you a picture here, Bruiser. This is the one she has stuffed and displayed. Now, I don't know. Is that a chupacabra? It's a mange dog. I was going to say. dog with mange. Yeah, I don't think that's a chupacabra. Nope. Uh, the first time I saw it, she said, we had just gotten back from Africa. And, you know, you see everything in Africa. And then I come home and, oh, my God, the weirdest thing I've ever seen is right here on our ranch in Texas. In 2007, the strange creature virtually landed on her doorstep as roadkill. I drug it out of the road because I didn't want anybody driving over it, and I laid it on the feed sack and took a picture. And as they said, it went viral. The beast on display is hairless with black leathery skin, canine features, and bright blue eyes. The legs in the back are longer than in the front, giving it an unnatural arch and its lower jaw is much shorter than its snout. About a year later, another sighting in DeWitt County would go viral. Corporal Brandon Riedel of the Sheriff's Department caught a creature on his dash cam running along a fence line. The video shows a small black canine-type animal. It looks smaller but similar to the one Canian uh, encountered and both look large enough to take out a goat. Domino Perez says there's another reason the chupacabra brings up the imagery of a dog. The symbolism in the chupacabra is actually quite powerful, uh, she says. Perez is a professor in the Department of English and Center for Mexican-American Studies at the University of Texas in Austin. The way that men often characterized as dogs and that, you know, the, that idea of sucking you dry, either emotionally, physically, sexually, Perez said. So don't go out at night where you might encounter some dog that's going to do this to you and leave you. Wow. Someone's a little oppressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone's like angry. <laughs> I guess. Uh, the canine features of a chupacabra really depend on who you talk to. Uh, Xavier Garza is the author of the illustrator and author and illustrator rather of the book, creepy creatures and other, uh, is it Kakai's? I believe, uh, I tell people to some the chupacabra walks on two legs is a green alien from outer space that drinks the blood of goats, Garza said. It has like almost a half-human, half-creature type appearance to it. Perez has a theory about the genesis of this alien appearance. I think they can be a reflection of the anxiety about immigration or about the anxiety, again, of the alien the foreign coming into a community and changing it in some way, Perez went on to say. Here's a picture, Bruiser, of what he thinks it looks like, an actual drawing. <laughs> it looks like a kid's drawing. <laughs> it, does, it does look like a kid's drawing. Um, the worry of community integrity is prevalent throughout history. A direct line can be drawn to the lessons learned from Spanish conquistadors in Montezuma. Fear of the unknown or the stranger can be seen in folklore as well, mixed with the cautionary tales warning children to obey their parents and everyone to just stay home when it's dark. Garza has written about both versions of the chupacabra, though for him, one is more recent. And this goes back to that video when they caught an alleged chupacabra being chased by a patrol car. Now, all of a sudden, chupacabras looked like some sort of hairless monster dog, Garza said. He also remembers the one that Phyllis Canian found, found on her property. 
Uh, before taking it to the taxidermist, she collected DNA specimens and sent them to multiple labs. The results came back virtually the same. It's on the paternal side, Mexican wolf. And on the maternal side, it's a coyote or coyote, right? Uh, so it's like, how do we have coyote and wolf mixed, Canyon said. Though it's uncommon, wolves and coyotes can and have bred in the wild, but they don't look like creatures captured on the patrol cam or found on Canyon's ranch. For her, there are still many questions left unanswered. I can see it being a coyote-wolf hybrid. I can too. Um, but it just, it looks, the one that she has is definitely a dog with mange. It, it does look like a dog with mange. But yeah. they say the DNA is both wolf and and. I don't know. I, I I I think it's it's probably something that nature mixed up. It's a, yeah, it's, yeah yeah yeah. It's it's. I don't think it's so much. Two animals got together, get the bounce go wow wow, <laughs> and that came out. I think so. Yeah, I think you're right there. Um, let's talk briefly about Bigfoot and the reasons we may rarely see them. Nick Redfern has an interesting article out there that I'll I'll put a link up to at Mysterious Universe. So you can okay. read a little more in depth too, but he's stating in this article that the reason that we may not see Bigfoot all the time is that they live in caves. Okay. And they only come out when they need to. Yeah. Um, he's saying that there's a, another race of hairy humanoids that are known as the Natewo. Both types of creatures that he's citing here, and and they live in a southeast corner of Sri Lanka. And before they they were assumed extinct, they were constantly at war with another race of creatures. And these types of creatures were fairly small, around four to five feet in height. They would share a liking for living in deep natural caves and caverns, had a love of fresh raw meat. Uh, they were not totally savage, however, as evidenced and their apparent use of primitive stone tools. It was not their constant warring with each other that wiped out the Natewo or their unnamed furry foes. However, it was man. Reportedly, the last of the Natewos were killed in a violent confrontation at a cave in the Katagorama Hills. A very similar story was told to an explorer named Frederick Lewis, a story that suggested that the Natewos were long gone. In this case, the account came from one Desan Hami, uh, whose grandfather reportedly helped build a large bonfire at the mouth of the cave as a means to kill the creatures by smoke inhalation. I wonder why they wanted to kill them. Just because they didn't know what they were? I think so. Uh, he goes on to talk about different deep cave-dwelling monsters, per se, and he says, interestingly, just like Bigfoot in the United States, another deep cave-dwelling, quote-unquote, monster, the Yaren, comes in a variety of colors. So they talk about different color Bigfoot, different color creatures, if you will, like the Yaren. Okay. Uh, the hair has been described as red, brown, black, and even on a few occasions, uh, a dark black. As for its whole human male to about eight feet, there are a number of cases involving colossal mountain monsters in excess of 10 feet. So he's saying a lot of these different legends from around the world could be mistaken for Bigfoot. Okay. And that Bigfoot could be a cave-dwelling creature. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to post this, this article in the description of the program so that you can get a, a good look at it. It's kind of a lengthy 
uh, article, but there's some interesting theories in here as to why Bigfoot and the, and the reason why you see Bigfoot disappearing so quickly and you never really see Bigfoot, Bigfoot's remains or why you never see Bigfoot out and out and about quite often. It's because they're in the caves and that's where they, yeah, that's they, where, they survive. And then when they die, obviously it's in the caves and okay. right. And, and that there actually exists deep within the earth. Yeah. yeah. Which could make a lot of sense. You know, they come out and they smell the way they smell. Caves don't smell good. No, they don't. No, no. It, yeah. And you're right. They don't. Uh, with that, let's, let's go to Parashare. All right. Yeah. Uh, by the way, if you have a Parashare story for us, it's real simple. You just go and write up your Parashare story. You can send it to Tim at darknessradio.com. If you have a voice note that you want to send us, it's real simple as well. Just go to darknessradioshow.com, the website. On the right-hand side, there's a blue button. You just click that button. You can leave us a two-minute voice note. If you need more time, you click it a second time. Continue to leave us the rest of your story. I'll stitch those voice notes together. We'll air them right here on the show. Mark uh, sends us a note today. He says, I know I sent a short pair share just last week, but I recently ran into an old friend who was just reminded me of a crazy story from many years ago. Now, is this story paranormal? It's <laughs> I'm, I'm happy he asked this. It's hard me to pin too. Yeah. It's hard to pin down exactly, but it certainly had that feel. It was definitely an unbelievable series of events. I'll let the listener decide. So here's the story. The fountain of my youth. This story takes place back in the early 90s, which would put me near the end of my teen years. At that time, I was working at my first real job, a cook and driver at the local pizza hut. I worked long hours and was getting over 90 hours per paycheck. Wow, he was working a lot. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, not bad for a young kid. One day, I was headed off to work blaring my car radio. My car, unfortunately, had only a radio, so I set it to a top 40 station out of St. Cloud. As I turned onto the road that led past the river and into town, I heard a song, Seven, by the artist who was formerly known as Prince, come onto the radio. That was the last thing I remember about the drive. My next memory was opening my eyes and feeling that I was drenched in sweat. As my eyes adjusted, I saw another strange set of eyes looking back at me. I quickly sat up. I was in the back of my car, and a deer had been peeping through the window at me. As I sat up, he ran off into the woods. What the hell was going on? How did I get here? Why can't I remember anything? I hopped into the front seat and turned the key. Nothing. The battery was totally dead. I looked around but saw only trees. Of course, at this time, I had no cell phone. My only option was taking a hike. Fortunately, it didn't take long until I was out on the road that I recognized and was only about half a mile from a gas station with a payphone. Turned out I had overshot my destination by a couple of miles and it was now several hours later. I called my dad for a ride without an explanation to give him and just went on with my life. Now, you may think that was the end of the story, but oh no, my friend, it was just the beginning. As it turned out, anytime I heard the last song I remembered hearing, which was Seven by Prince, my head would get woozy and I felt like I could black out. No disrespect to Prince, I kind of doubt it was his fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One night, while I was out taking a drive in my friend Chris's old Caprice Classic with another friend, Sean, we decided to stop and get a bite to eat at the 24-hour Perkins. As we were finishing up and taking a look at the bill, Seven began playing throughout the restaurant. We got to get out of here, I said, grabbing the bill, leaving money on the counter and heading outside to wait for them. 
When they came outside, they asked what was wrong and said I didn't look so good. I said that I would be fine. Let's just drive. Chris headed the car toward downtown as I filled him in on what had been happening to me. We didn't make it half a mile when I said that I actually didn't feel so great and he should pull over so I could get some fresh air. He opted to pull over in front of a four-block park uh, near the center of town that had a large fountain in front of it. I got out to clear my head. It was a weird sensation, but I thought a few deep breaths would set me straight. Suddenly, Sean said, Hey, quiet. You guys hear that? I listened, and a second later, a second later, I heard a female scream. Hello, he called out. Another voice called back faintly across the dimly lit park. The story gets even stranger from here, because for whatever reason, I started. I don't know how to say it, but seeing things in my mind. I said that I think she works at Dairy Queen. This prompted my friends to start shouting out my sister's name. My sister had a summer job at Dairy Queen. Okay. Kind of weird. Yeah. No, I said. Her name is Emily, and she doesn't live here. I then named a town that was close to 100 miles away that none of us had been to before. Sean hanged his shouts to Emily. Now we were hearing several shouts back, and they were getting closer. A girl began to emerge from the darkness out ahead of us, followed by another and another. I looked over at Sean and saw him pointing his finger out towards them and counting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven girls? What the hell? Okay. He looked at me. How did you do that? I told him I didn't do anything. All seven and he watched him fall. Yep. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Uh, one by one, the girls showed up at the fountain. Even though we were standing right next to it, they didn't say a word or acknowledge we were there. They simply started slipping out of their clothes and into the fountain. Oh, dude, I've had dreams like this. <laughs> I think this is this all seven. This is the seven video happening right now. It is, I think. Sean and I looked at each other with mouths open. I looked back at the car. Chris had totally lost it. He had opened all the doors to this car like a set of wings and was shouting, Come on, fly. I know you can fly. Dude, this had to be a dream. Yeah. One girl got up and lit up a cigarette. I asked Sean if maybe we shouldn't say something to them. I stepped up to the girl with a smoke. Um, I mustered, to which her response was, well, are you just going to stand there all night or are you going to get in? Hell, she didn't have to ask me twice. I shrugged and sat down and took off my shoes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> At that very moment, a city police car came flying up and the girls scattered back into the darkness. We just stood there as the cops took off after them. One officer remained to ask us who the girls were. I told them we were just standing there when they started stripping and asked us to get in with them. I said I would have if he wouldn't have shown up. <laughs> the officer just... Thanks, thanks for the cock block, officer. Yeah, really, officer, cock block at your service. <laughs> the officer just chuckled and said, I don't blame you. Hmm. Wow. After the fountain incident, we decided to stay up the rest of the night and head to the Dairy Queen that I had mentioned 90 minutes away. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted to see if what I had said was right. And honestly, so did I. I don't blame you. I don't either. Yeah. At dawn, we set out on a request. This time I was driving. There was miles of traffic cones set up for upcoming construction as we left town. Being a young troublemaker who was 
also short on sleep and currently existing on the edge of reality, I opted to plow over the traffic cones along the way to make things more interesting. (laughs) Two hours later, we rolled up outside the Dairy Queen, a traffic cone firmly lodged in my wheel well. (laughs) We all walked inside having no idea what we were going to say. I went up to the counter. Yeah, is Emily working today? I inquired. Who are you? The cashier responded. Oh, I countered. We're nobody. I was just wondering if she works here. To which we were basically told if we wouldn't identify who we were and didn't know if she worked there or not, he wasn't going to tell us anything. We were too tired to put up a fight, so we just gave up and went home. Months passed. The event became a memory. Then one night we decided to have a party at a friend's house since his dad worked the night shift and wouldn't be home. When I say this kid was a friend... What I meant was he was someone who was always around, but we'd always try to ditch him. But that night, we were at a small party at his place. As the night went on, the story of the fountain came up. Another guy who was there that I knew just a little was asking questions about it. When we mentioned the name Emily from Dairy Queen in that town, he just said, oh, God. I stopped. Wait, do you know her? I replied incredulously. Oh, yeah, he answered. That chick is crazy. (laughs) At that very moment, and before I could ask one more thing about her, a fist came flying in from the other room and punched him in the face. Oh! Oh! Apparently, the kid who lived there wanted to impress us by beating up this other kid and throwing him out of his house. I never saw that kid again or found out anything more about this Emily. Every time we would tell this story back then, people would think we were making it up, but I assure you, that all happened. Unfortunately... Chris died just a few years back, but Sean and I will always have this crazy story to look back on, paranormal or not. Later, guys, Marky Mark. That is an amazing story, and yes, I do think it's paranormal. That's crazy, dude. The song thing, I've had that happen to me where not, I haven't lost time, but anytime Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden would come on the radio, yeah. I'd get into some sort of car accident. Really? And it, it varies, too. Like, the first one was we rolled over a car. I had one where I just uh, rear-ended somebody. I had someone that rear-ended me. Um, got in the car and turned it on. Black Hole Sun came on. Someone hit my car with a um, shopping cart. So I firmly believe that all seven, the seven song he's talking about, could, could cause something like that. That's crazy, dude. That's absolutely yeah. crazy. I mean, I listen to it all the time. And women are just coming out of the darkness, getting naked, and wanting me to join them. <laughs> like, yeah. Why is that not a current thing on his playlist? <laughs> right? I'd have that on all the time. Yeah. Well, except for the fact that deer may come through your, your, your car. But, <laughs> That's true, You too. know, your insurance premiums would go through the roof. Yeah. But other than that. Uh, one more Parashare story for you here. Actually, it's, a, it's more of a candy request. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, uh, this from Pixie, as it's signed, uh, as far as Pixie sticks and red vines, that's a big hell no on the continuation of the red vines, Pixie sticks crossover, (laughs) according to Pixie. I left Pixies back in junior high. I partake of an occasional red vine, but only as a solo indulgence. I meant to write sooner, but I've been prepping for a second upcoming neurosurgery on the 27th. Well, good luck with that. Well, good luck with the neurosurgery. Yeah. The first was back in January. Interesting story behind all that. I'll say for another time. Ha ha ha. It says uh, when a trip to the ER led to my head being cracked open 36 hours later. Ooh, I wouldn't mind hearing that story. That's right. From said cracked open skull, they pulled out a brain tumor that was, according to the doctors, larger than a golf ball and cancerous. They weren't lying. I saw the scans. 
As above, more to the story and even more to come, Pixie. Well, Pixie, we look forward to that story if uh, you would so uh, kindly pass it along. And good luck on yes. your next surgery and, and hopefully you're cancer free. Yes. You're, you're in remission. Or, uh, you'll be in our thoughts and prayers. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for that, Bruiser. With that, it's time now for Ziggy's Picks. And oh, I'll pups tell are you, excited about this. I know. Good good week for the pups. Good week for us. Both pups were nine and seven this week. Yep. Good week for the pups. Good week for the humans. Ten and six for both humans. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great week for everybody. Yeah. Despite the fact that it was a weird week in the NFL. It was a horrible week in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> like it was so weird. It, capping it all Every, off with a Ravens win over the 49ers in which Brock Purdy threw four interceptions. Yeah. And the yeah. Ravens made San Francisco look like their bitch. Mm-hmm. And if that's an indicator of the Super Bowl, you can uh, you can start watching commercials and eating in the first quarter. Exactly. Because the first quarter is the only quarter you wanted to watch. That's that right. Kansas City game was terrible to watch. Oh, it was horrible. Oh, the Raiders just destroyed, just dismantled them. Just dismantled them. You know, I think Kansas City's an early out if they make the playoffs. They're not I, even going to have a home game now. I hate to say it, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. You're I, absolutely right. Yeah. Um, I got to witness the Packers fans yes. that came live. Tell us it about it. It was amazing. So you were, there were, you were, there were more Packers fans there than Panther fans. Really? Yeah. Yeah. We, we showed up repping, you know, repping the green and gold. Mm -hmm. And for every five Packer fans, there was probably a Panther fan. Really? It was so loud that during the game, and I don't know if this came across on TV, we were chanting Go Pack Go, and it was louder than the, the actual panther fans now do you think that's embarrassing for the panthers players i don't know all the fans that were around us because in our section we had again five or six of us packer fans and that one panther fan and that one panther fan was a diehard fan like he was cheering for them down to the final thing and then when the game was over he shook our hands and said you guys are fun to be around thank you so that was really cool wow huh but you know they're hopeful yeah and yeah. you know it was, yeah, but alive, it was just an amazing, amazing game. I was hoping that we went to overtime. That's how excited I was watching that game. Really? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, the highlights looked exciting on TV. Oh, it was fun to watch. It's Packers need a new defensive coordinator. They have no defense. Yeah. Their offense looked good. The Panthers, it was fun to see some guys that you see on the TV and stuff, see them up live and in person. And uh, new favorite mascot, man, Sir Purr. For the Panthers, he is an amazing mascot, and and if you get a chance to see him live, I recommend it highly. Yeah, yeah. And Bank of America Stadium, beautiful stadium, one of the the best ones I've been in. I've been in a few. Very, not a bad seat in the house. Really? Um, where we had our seats was perfect. You could see every, the whole field. We're right in between the thirty and the forty. Wow. On the visitor side, and yeah, fun to watch. Very fun to watch. Very cool. Very cool. And the Packers won, so. Well, I saw some of the pictures online that you posted, and uh, yep. it looked like a good time, man. Looked like yeah, a it was a lot of time. fun. A lot yeah. of fun. And, and it, again, Panther fans were real nice to us. It was it was a lot of fun. Mrs. Bruiser got a video of us leaving. We're in, the, we're in a tunnel <laughs> walking out of the stadium, <laughs> and there's such a loud go, pack, go, that on her phone, it it's too loud. You know what I mean? When it gets too loud on the recording device? Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the go, pack, go is so loud, it, it makes her phone distort. Wow. Wow. Yeah. See, in, in Minnesota, we'd be embarrassed if there were that many visiting. <laughs> <laughs> we would be shame on you Viking fans for having 
uh, for having that many uh, visitors in, in our stadium. It, it just, although it's been known to happen on certain years where we're not good. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of border battle, New Year's yeah. Eve. What do you think? Packers are going to win. You think? Yeah, I think the Packers will win. Huh. I don't know. I do. I think the Packers will win. It depends. Mullins, I think, has worn out his welcome. Because it's, it's, right now it's um, whatever team wins gets that wild card playoff spot, I think. Oh, I think the Packers. I think the Packers have it regardless. Uh, I think think, that, yeah. I think that's going to be the final nail on the coffin, though. I think they, they, they were already talking in the locker room like they were going home for the year. Yeah. A lot. In fact, the, the Vikings were. Yeah, yeah. I think I think by process of elimination. Um, yeah. I think the Seahawks now have that last that last. I think I think both Green Bay and the Vikings are eliminated, if I okay. remember right. Okay. So I I don't think there's anything to play for anymore. Well, I, they said something about if the Packers beat the Panthers, they still have playoff contention. But some, if Minnesota lost, and Minnesota did lose, right? But I think something happened. Something happened Monday. Was it Monday that knocked them both out? Because I, I, I saw a well. At least for the Vikings, it did. I don't know if it, if that's true for the Packers, but I think for the Vikings, it did because they were doing interviews Monday night with yeah. uh, with the players, just saying, "Oh, you know, blah 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 blah." But they were all talking like they're going home for the year. Gotcha. And they said at least we have two more games. We could make it a good season, or we could try and you know win out. And yeah, but you know they said they'd be home for you know home for the playoffs. So they're already they're already playing like they they know they don't have time left. So yeah, or they you know they're not going to make the postseason. Which if the Packers do have a chance, the Vikings are going to be the spoilers, just like the Lions were last year. I have. I, have not no, the, I think the Packers will still win. I think they'll win by three. You know, the Vikings' last game is against the Lions. I have no confidence they win that game. Oh, no, they don't. And I had no confidence. Oh, you know what? They might because because the Lions might rest their starters. I don't think they do. I, I think they play them for one half. Yeah. I, 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 if, I'm, I, if I'm the Lions, I rest them. Because this is their no, strong team when they're resting. Knowing Dan Campbell, I don't think he does. Yeah. I, I think Dan Campbell has them tuned up for the playoffs. He's a fun coach to watch. Oh God, yeah, yeah. I, that Dolphins coach is fun to watch too. I told my Michigan friends, "I'm rooting for your Lions." I know it's not realistic, and I know they don't want to hear this either. Guys, you're not you're not going to the Super Bowl. I, no, no, you'll make maybe second round. Yeah, I, but but my God, you're, you're getting be, knocked out by Dallas or the Niners. Oh, Dallas won't knock them out. Dallas is a bunch of chokers. Um, yeah, but I mean, you'll beat Dallas. You you, yeah. you might beat Philly, um, but I think it, you're gonna. I think San Francisco got that whooping put on them, and they know what they got to do now. Yeah, and and boy, they're gonna come out like a buzzsaw. I don't think they beat Philly. No, no. I think they do. I think Philly Philly's playing with an edge now. They have something to prove. I think the Lions are are as razor sharp as they're gonna get. Yeah, I think the Philly beats them. I think they knocked Philly or Dallas, but Philly Philly's got an edge now. Yeah, they that. do. When their hometown when their hometown started booing them, they went okay, fine. Depends on where the game is. I think that's true too. Yeah, yes. if the game's in Detroit, Philly doesn't stand a chance. No, if it's in Philly, Philly wins. Yep, if it's in Philly, Philly wins. So yep, it'll be interesting. This playoff this playoff year is going to be something special, but not because of good play. That I. <laughs> This whole year has been terrible for play. Oh yeah, it just it just has been. 
It's all come down to penalties and stupid stuff. And turnovers. Yeah. Stupid turnovers. Not good. Yeah. yeah. Patrick Mahomes throwing two interceptions in seven seconds. What the hell is that? Yeah. Brock Purdy, four interceptions. Yeah. Never threw an interception for the last game. Then he throws four. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, what the hell? Just There's just been real bad play all the way around uh, this year in, in the NFL. And it's, Everybody's tired. Yeah. It's it's, that time of year. They're tired. Well, and... It's, it speaks to conditioning. It speaks to fundamentals. It speaks to a lot of things that, that kids aren't learning from college up, you know? Yep. And so that, you know, there's a lot of things that aren't being taught. Yeah. And it's sad, you know, it, it used to be that, that the, the pro game was fun to watch mm. because they were polished and they were, you know, they were, they were, they were fun to watch because it was a, it was a hard hitting game. And it was it was a fun game to watch because they were the best of the best. And these guys that we're watching these days aren't the best of the best. No, they're all young. It's a young league. Yeah. So it's it's unfortunately it, but it's, I mean it's still fun, but it's not it's not as fun as it used to be. No, this stuff like this makes it fun with the pups predicting and yes, us yeah. doing that. And it makes the games fun to watch. That's true. That's true. So if you want to see how individually everybody. Uh, picked this past week, you can go to uh, darknessradioshow.com slash Ziggy's Picks and uh, or just click on the Ziggy's Picks button and you can see individually how everybody broke down their picks. And of course, uh, we we get our picks in just shortly before game time. So you, you, uh, you can bet along with us if you'd like on your individual betting apps or however it is uh, you choose to bet if you choose to bet along with us. You can take money. So I have a friend who he takes uh, one of uh, Ziggy's picks and one of Talia's picks, and he puts money on him. And he's he's been in the green or in the black. Is that how it is? He's been in, in the, the black. black this season. Yep, in the black. You That's know, so sure. every week we get a package from the door, and it's him thanking the pups for the picks. Wow, look at that. Yeah. See? Yeah. Pups are making a little extra on the side. There you go. <laughs> they are. <laughs> I wish they'd make a little extra on the side from our advertising department, but that doesn't happen this year. Um, all right. Two last stories here, Bruiser. Okay. And then we are done for the day. Uh, speaking of animals and, and cute videos, because we do have some cute videos of the pups on on uh, on the page, if you go to darknessradioshow.com and Ziggy's Picks, you can see the pups making their picks. Um Cat videos. Okay. People are obsessed with cat videos. Mrs. Bruce is one of them. And it turns out scientists are also obsessed with cat videos. <laughs> okay. It turns out our NASA scientists are obsessed with cat videos as well. And now Earth has just received a laser-beamed cat video from 19 million miles away. Oh, so aliens are in there too, huh? Yes. Now aliens are involved in cat videos and nobody's getting any work done. <laughs> of course, because the aliens just send us cat videos. That's right. The first streaming video carried by a laser beam from beyond the moon has been received from 31 million kilometers or 19 million miles away. For extra points, it's ultra high def. 
<laughs> and very you can cute. Watch it on your 4K TV. That's right. It's also very cute, by the way. Among the technical challenges required for human colonization of the solar system, improved communication systems may not be top of the mind. However, when you consider how painfully long it took New Horizons to send back its images from its brief flyby of Pluto, it's clear, clear we need to pick up the pace. Last month, NASA conducted a demonstration of the practicality of using near-infrared laser beams to transmit data from the Psyche mission, then at the distance of 16 million kilometers or 10 million miles from Earth, they decided to do such a thing. At the time, NASA's HQ's Trudy Cortez described that achievement in a statement as, quote, one of the many critical milestones in the coming months, paving the way toward higher data rate communications capable of sending scientific information, high-definition imagery, and streaming video in support of humanity's giant leap, sending humans to Mars. So how do they do it? Well, the scientific information may have to wait until spacecraft Psyche reaches its destination. The metal-rich asteroid of the same name, but the streaming videos, by the way, are right on time. The technical challenges of sending something like this are immense and getting larger and lo the longer the video, by the way. Uh, so NASA wanted to keep it short. In that context, what could be a more appropriate introduction than 15 seconds of a cat chasing a laser dot? Of course. <laughs> So that's what they did. For the record, the interplanetary feline star is named Taters. That's right. Taters the cat was the first star of the first video sent by Laser Beam. Uh, in case anyone worried, they have not returned to the bad old days when the Soviet space program sent dogs into space to die. Taters is not on board the Psyche mission. <laughs> Instead, the video taters is okay. Taters is, was not harmed in the filming of this video. Instead, the video was filmed on Earth and uploaded to the spacecraft before it was launched. So Taters didn't go on board the spacecraft. The video the was video did. Yeah, and then beam back to Earth so that that way you got your cat video beam back to Earth <laughs> on the spacecraft. Uh, the quote here is this accomplishment underscores our commitment to advancing official communications as a key element to meeting our future data transmission needs. That was said by NASA Deputy Administrator Pam Melroy as she rubbed her hands evilly thinking more cat videos from space, more cat videos from space. So there you go, cat lovers. You now have videos by laser beam. They now have figured out a way. To intergalactically make us waste time. That's right. That's right. <laughs> now, uh, now everybody at NASA can watch cat videos from space. Yep. Yeah. And finally, a woman has figured out the ultimate elf on a shelf prank to make her kids want therapy. <laughs> Which I hate the whole elf on the shelf thing. Oh, you're going to love this one. Okay, I hope I do. I love when they show the what happens to Elf on the Shelf with different things. So, we'll this, this one is the ultimate Elf on a Shelf mic drop. Okay. So here's the deal. Everyone knows about Elf on a Shelf. Mally, in particular, is the ultimate Elf on the Shelf prankster. Okay. I think she's figured out everything. I don't think she's done this one. <laughs> well, she can hear the story and do it. I'm going to send her this story. So she does, <laughs> she does this one to the stepkids. Yes. Because I think this one is the ultimate mic drop. So Elf on a Shelf, as we know, is a fun way for parents to get their kids in the spirit for Christmas. Little cheeky pranks with the naughty elf. But one mom has been slammed for taking it a step too far. 
And here it is, Bruiser. The magic elf, who usually does something naughty each night for children to wake up and find, is a tradition found in many households each year. But it can be tricky for parents to keep coming up with fun and inventive ways each morning to pose the little elf. However, one mom named Shannon Renee shared a photo online of an elaborate and sinister elf prank, but others are worried it's a step too far for the elf. I don't want you to spoil this bruiser, but here's the picture of it. Oh, goodness. <laughs> are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. I love it, but oh, goodness. Isn't it good? Here's what the parent did. <laughs> you heard the reaction from Bruiser. Here's what the parent did. The parent took the festive fun to a very dark, dark place, according to other moms on Facebook, as she shared a picture of a little red hat, like the one that the elf wears, on top of a pile of suspected chicken bones in the shape of the elf's body. <laughs> Beside the bones, a knife and fork had been placed on the plate, which also has some grease smeared on it, making it look like someone has just polished off the poor elf for dinner and left just the bones. That is a, an amazing, elaborate setup prank, and I love it. Mm -hmm. Shannon then captioned the post, someone please do this and record the kids when they find it. Oh, that's so cruel. Thankfully, she hasn't actually played the cruel prank on her children, but it seems someone would still give it a go, she said. Judging by the reaction in the comments, others think... It would give the kids nightmares. Her post went viral in 2019, many thinking it was a hilarious idea for parents to try. One person even branded Shannon a hero for suggesting it online. I'm dying laughing, wrote one person, while another said, I'm going to get one just to do this. <laughs> a third added, I'll do it in the morning. Good one. However, not everyone was impressed with others thinking she'd taken the joke just a bit too far. You're mean. That would scar the kids for life, replied one. Uh, poor elf, don't let the kids see that, commented another uh, different user said it would give children nightmares. I see both sides. I see both sides, you know. So that's just where you have to gauge how's your, your kid's humor. Yeah. I'm kind of upset she didn't do it. I am too. I, I wish she would have uh, taken it on and tried it, but yeah, it is what it is. But again, we don't know how her kids react. She knows how her kids would react. That's true. That's very true. So, Bruiser, what you got going on this weekend? Um, getting ready for the new year. Um, going to do some training, not at the AML training center, which if you want to train with me, it's amlwrestling.com slash training. Um, but I'm going to train with a legend. Um, I can't say who, but oh. we're preparing for war games three on January 20th. There you go. And of course you can watch that on the title match network. You can, yep. uh, we got a link on the website. Uh, darknessradioshow.com slash events. You can subscribe to Title Match Network and watch Bruiser at War Games. Yep. There you go. I am at KNSI Radio this weekend, knsiradio.com, between 7 and 9 a.m. Central Time. Listen to me blab about the weather and sports and all that other stuff. So there you go. Tomorrow on the big show, Bill Bean is with us. We'll talk a, a little inspiring post-Christmas talk on Christmas week. We'll talk about how... Um, he got out of a life of abuse and a life of oppression from demonic forces and went on to become a demonologist and rescue others from demonic oppression. So that's tomorrow on the big show right here on Darkness Radio. For Beer City Bruiser, I'm Tim Dennis. Thank you so much, folks, for continuing to be great listeners of the program and be part of our family here on Darkness Radio. We want to thank you for being 
here with us during the Christmas season. We want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We will see you. Oh, did you want to say something, Bruiser? It's Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> All right. Happy, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everyone. We will see you next year right here on The Best in Paranormal Podcasting. This is Darkness Radio.